You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Thanks, Jesus. Just as the worship team did a, a beautiful job. Yeah, you can go ahead and turn, turn the lights on. I know it's a, a, an abrupt transition always, but I just felt like we should pray into that more specifically um, for people that, that I just felt like that the presence of God, it came and sometimes comes like anesthetic. And it's almost where you feel like you're... I don't want to say numb, not like in a bad way. You know, like you're numb and you don't have feelings anymore. That's bad. But when when, it, when the presence of God comes and you're like, feels like anesthetic is in the room. And uh, I just felt like that there's specifically that he's, the healer's here. You know, he wants to heal physically and, and emotional stuff. And I felt like we were supposed to pray for that. So if that if that's you and you need physical healing or you need some kind of internal healing, whatever it may be. Uh, we don't need to know what it is. He knows, and we just want you to stand up, and we're going to pray into it right now. <clears throat> Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, guys, for just standing up in faith. So yeah, thanks that you're, this is already on your heart, this is already on your mind, it's what you paid for. So we thank you for coming, Holy Spirit, in this moment for every person into their situation, into their emotional situation, mental, whatever's going on internally, we thank you for uh, being the one that heals internally right now. Thank you for your love invading those places of emotion and in and, um, and, and places in the mind also that need healed. Yeah, I, I felt like I saw this... Um, it was, yeah, there was this picture of God and he was healing hearts uh, in the room during worship. And so thank you, Father, for healing hearts right now. I just felt like there were just small areas of hearts that still needed uh, a little bit of love to touch them. And so thank you for love touching those areas of people's hearts that need it, every one of us. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for reviving those places that we've protected. That we've protected even from you because they've been hurt. So thank you for bringing those places back to life. Yeah, we're just giving our hearts, as Sarah was saying, we're just giving our hearts to you to protect. Yeah, thank you. protect as we as we continue to love with our heart wide open I don't know I know that doesn't make a lot of sense (laughs) but it's just the what we were created for so yeah thank you for that father and thanks for physical healing that needs to happen in the room right now thank you father for for coming and being the healer in this moment for physical bodies thank you thank you father for getting to the source of the pain the very root reason why it's happening 
and healing and bringing freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for freedom right now from the pain from the physical ailment, whatever it is that's causing it, we thank you. We just apply what Jesus paid for to every, every person's body right now in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you for pain leaving. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Father, for mobility. Thank you for mobility coming back. Yeah, thank you. Full range of motion. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you for even hydrating bodies where there's been muscle, muscle cramps, severe muscle cramps. Yeah, thank you, Father. <laughs> yeah, thank you for injecting everything that's necessary. Yeah, we thank you for what you're doing. Thanks, Jesus. You that you heal. Heal by your love. Ooh, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Jesus. If you're able to, feel something happening in your body, you feel something changing, you know, you can feel things change when it's not physical too, right? You can feel things happening when it's stuff that needs internally touched by love. So yeah, if that's you, just shoot your hand up real quick. We just want to see what's happening in the room to see if we should, yeah, thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Jesus, for what you're doing. Just trying to read what's happening to see where we should go. Thanks, Jesus. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Just more, God. More of what you're doing. We just pray more right now. More right now. More, more, more. In Jesus' name. stuff, but for everybody that desires it, would you come? <laughs> Maybe even some of those that don't necessarily desire it, but you know what's going to happen after you do it, <laughs> and it's going to be good uh, that you'd come like fire upon every person today, every heart, that you would add to the fire that's already on the inside of us, that you ignited the moment that we got born again. Yeah, would you come? you come with fresh fire, Lord, that we can set our families and our communities and our cities and our nation and the nation, nations of the world ablaze with your love. Yes, would you come upon us, upon us, not just in us, but upon us. The Spirit of God, that you be upon us for all, all of the things that you have desired to be done in the earth 
for a long, long time. <laughs> that we get to join in with what heaven is doing in planet earth. We get to join in with what you're doing, Father. What your heart is for our, our city. Yeah, thank you for our region. Thank you for our nation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks for coming upon us that we may be a representation of who you are. Of who you are. <laughs> that every part of our lives would become love. Ooh, thank you. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, it's not just possible. It's supposed to happen. Ooh, it's not just possible. It's what he already wants. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fire so intense. Holy Spirit fire so intense. So powerful upon us that it'd even freak us out a little bit. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> you made us to burn. You made us to burn. You made us to burn. Yeah, so we just surrender ourselves right now. We lay ourselves. We literally, we don't have anything to bring you. We don't have anything. <laughs> As we were singing, we, we're available. and We lay ourselves down on the, on the altar where living sacrifices come. We lay ourselves down and we know that fire always falls on sacrifice. Thank you. Let that Holy Spirit fire touch every area of our hearts and our minds. Every area. Every area. Oh, yes, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's time to burn brighter. It's time to burn brighter. Yeah, we can't take the, the same fire into the new season that he's taken us into. It won't, it won't do. Not sufficient. Yeah. We thank you, Father, that you are always, always setting us up to thrive in every season. Thank you. Thank you. I felt like the Father is taking all the cans and turning them into cans. All the, I can't really burn bright in this season because of what I'm going through. I can't because of what I feel like. I can't because of, of this situation that I'm in. I can't because of the people that are around me. I can't because of what's going on in my household. I can't. And he's turned them in. Yeah, yeah, you can. You can burn in your current situation. You can burn. In, in, in what's going on in your household. You can, because in what's the way that you feel right now, because it doesn't dictate your future. Not only can you, but you're
supposed to. It's what he wants for each one of us. Father, we thank you that our situations, our feelings, our circumstances, what's going on around us right now does not define us. We thank you that even some of our choices recently do not define who we are. Only you do. You define us. Regardless of what happened last year or five years ago or last week or yesterday, I thank you that mercy's morning. It's a new day to burn. <laughs> it's a new day to burn. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for old things. They're gone. It's a new day. It's a new day. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Lord. All right. Yeah. We're going to we'll keep going, but just at something else. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah. <clears throat> Spoken a lot this, this weekend, so. My voice is a little bit lower. I don't know. I'm not going to make any promises. I could get. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. But I know my voice limitations at times, and I try to restrain myself. And I often doesn't do. I don't do a very good job of that. But that's okay. I got throat ease at home. So uh, it's herbal spray singers use. I can't sing, but you know, I figure it's it applies. <laughs> I mean, I can. It's just not good. We can all sing. It just, you know, <laughs> yeah. Just, it, oh wow, man, he's good, isn't he? Ooh. <sighs> so I'm gonna continue. I'm gonna continue on with what I, I was talking about last week. And if you weren't here, and I would encourage you to go back and listen to what I talked about because this is a continuation of that and just for time's sake and that way I don't, I'll do a tiny bit of review but I won't do extensive review. But there's a couple scriptures, I found some, I found some new scriptures to add to this and it's keeping with the theme of even what I felt like the Father was doing in the room and some of the stuff that I, I talked about yesterday and there was a, a prophetic word, and I felt like I saw this line of people on the beach, and they were young, old, they were all different uh, races, and, and they were, you know, men, women, all ages, though, young, all in between, up to older. Um, and I, I said it in the context of that some people have prophesied that, you know, revival will come through the youth, and, and inadvertently by doing so, they've... Dis, they've 
disregarded the, the older generation, right? And said, oh, really, you don't have much to offer us, but God, God's going to do something in the youth, and then you guys will just hang out and, you know, uh, be greeters or, you know, <laughs> ushers or whatever, you know, take up the offering, do something like that. And um, you can cheer us on. And so I, when, I, when I got this, I saw that there was, there was wisdom that was coming from the older generation to the youth, and also there was fire coming from the youth and zeal that was coming through the older generation. And for some time, there's been a discounting of, oh, just because you're young, you don't know anything. But there's fire and there's zeal there that's never supposed to stop, Right? You're like, oh, once you've been in this for a while, you'll just settle down and settle in and you just go with the flow. My gosh, that's not kingdom. <laughs> that's ridiculous, right? I fall more in love with Jesus. We go from glory to glory. Fire only increases in my life when I'm in intimacy with him. It's impossible. If fire's not increasing, it's not his fault. There's more fire than I could ever walk in in 10 lifetimes. And it's available for, for me and for you. Right? And so there's so much more to step into. So regardless of what age we become, I'm supposed to leave this thing uh, like combustible. Spontaneous combustion is how I want to leave planet Earth and transition into heaven. That's what it's supposed to be like. Right? But as we're growing up in the Lord, there's maturity that comes and gets added to the zeal. At least that's the way it's supposed to happen. <laughs> Lindsay will tell you that it took me a handful of years, but I, there was wisdom that was finally added to my zeal, and it was very beneficial, uh, first and foremost to our marriage, and then to other people. And so there's wisdom, godly wisdom that comes, not practical wisdom, not worldly wisdom, but godly wisdom that comes as we're growing up in the Lord, and we have access to the spirit of wisdom. You, you've seen that in Ephesians, right? The spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's good. And so we're led by the spirit of, of, of wisdom and revelation. That's, that's the Holy Spirit, right? It's all same one, you know. And, and so he interacts with us in different, different ways. And we gain that as we're growing up. And so that is supposed to get passed to generations, right? There's not, we're not supposed to be recreating the wheel every time, every generation. That, that's, the only way that has to happen is when the baton is dropped from one generation to the next. It's either dropped or it just wasn't passed. And that has happened in, in the past, but it's not happening now, which is good. Because there's a whole bunch of people on the earth that are realizing the empowerment of the next generation, and we're doing it, and I believe that we're doing it I believe that we're doing it well. That's why in, in the two rooms over, you'll find kids that are, that are, you know, three and four and five and, you know, under 10 that are hearing Jesus, prophesying, healing the sick, all that stuff. That's, they're doing all the things that we're doing, and um, they're probably doing it better. <laughs> <laughs> because they're having a whole lot of fun. We have fun, but they're doing it as, you know, unless you become like little children, you won't see, see the kingdom, right? And so they, they have that to their advantage because they don't have to grow down. They already are there. And we, we grow up and get jaded sometimes by the world and then need to become childlike again. And that, that's, 
what the Father desires for each one of us, and that happens through intimacy and in love. The more and more I fall in love with Him, the more childlike I become because the, the more clearly I see Him as my, as my good Father. Right? I don't become less mature. I become more mature while I'm growing down. <laughs> while I'm growing down and being childlike. I know that seems like an oxymoron, but it's the way the kingdom works. Everything in the kingdom is upside down. Like joy is strength. Have you ever tried to lift weights while laughing? <laughs> Not working. <laughs> it doesn't work. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So everything in the kingdom is upside down. And so that's, that's, how, that's how it works. He, he, <laughs> he's why it says he takes the weak things of the world to confound the wise. All right, because my human intelligence and even my education, though they have value, they don't always translate to kingdom principles <laughs> or don't always add value to kingdom, even though sometimes they do, and I believe that they should. All right, when I surrender and then him. So, We, in this, have a responsibility. So I saw the vision, again, <laughs> of young and old all across the beach, and they were, way, they were actually standing on a surfboard that was ginormous. Like, it wasn't, it didn't look like it would function to me. Like, that's way too big. You know, it was as, as far as I could see along the beach, and they were looking out onto the horizon, and the way, there was a wave that was coming. You were standing, look at the ocean, you see the horizon, you ever watch the sunset or the sun come up? You know, it's, it's beautiful. I love it. Uh, every time we're at the beach and I can get up early or, or stay up, you know, if I don't get up early, you can always catch it later uh, going down. And you stand out there, and, but when you look out on the horizon, you can't see a wave, right? They're out there. They're coming towards the shore. You know it, but you can't see it. But this wave you could. It was already 20 feet tall out on the horizon, and it was coming, and it was coming quickly towards the beach. And I believe that it's, it's part of this next wave of revival that God's, that God's doing. I believe that sometimes it comes in waves. And I believe that it was, it was coming, and, and all generations were catching this wave together. And, and what I felt like the Father was saying is that there's preparation. Surfers prepare to catch waves because any one of them that's surfed for very long and they've tried to catch a big wave and they weren't properly prepared, you know what that wave did, did to them? It actually hurt them and beat them down. Actually, it became dangerous for some of them to try to catch one of those ginormous waves. You know, and now I'm not saying this is, is dangerous if we're not prepared, but I do believe that, that we don't get to be as much partakers if we're not properly prepared for what God's doing because there's people all over the world that he's preparing that we get to be a part of. We call it the, the body of Christ, the family of God. He's preparing us to be able to bring in more and more and more of the harvest and disciple those that are coming in through being properly prepared to catch the wave that's, that's coming. Right? Revival's already happening because we believe personally that revival's a lifestyle more than it is an event. Right? I believe that I, I walk in revival because the one who is the greatest revivalist ever lives inside me. And so I'm not, you know, praying for revival necessarily to happen, but I believe that it's a move of God. But the best way I could explain it was a wave of, of revival. Like it's just more of God coming of what he's pouring out in the earth. And he's saying to the church, like, hey, here's some, 
here's some principles to properly prepare. Because there's going to be lots and lots and lots and lots more broken and messed up people, just like we were when we came into the kingdom, and I'm entrusting you with their hearts. I'm entrusting you with their lives. Like, will you prepare yourself to continue to be an example and to continue to father and mother and disciple them well? Right? It's, we get to do this with him. Like, he's God, and I know he can do this all by himself. Right? He's, <laughs> but he doesn't, he, he didn't decide to do that. He actually chose us to be partners with him in this thing. And it's a huge privilege. So, with all that, I've been talking about principles. And I've had people recently, I feel like that people sometimes buck up against principles in church because religion has made, made principles be something that they're not supposed to be. Like the princi- biblical principles aren't bad. It, just because religion taught us at some point in time that you do this so that you can be a good Christian or do this so that he'll love you or do this, right? You're, it's works. Just because it taught us that didn't make the principle bad. People use the Bible all over the world to you know, manipulate and hurt people. And they have for a long, long, long time. Like, it's isn't brand new stuff, right? And so that's, that's nothing new. But that doesn't make the Word of God bad. It's the Bible's not bad. It's the people that have bad intentions. Or sometimes it's good people that just have bad teaching. All right? I'm not saying... There's, there's difference um, between wickedness and weakness. Some people are w- wicked and, and they know it. Like they're like, this is, I'm doing this for selfish gain. I'm doing this to manipulate and control. I know this. Right? They've partnered with the enemy and they're like, yeah, this is what I do. And other people are just weak and they just don't know. They just don't know any better, right? Or they're, they're being manipulated or controlled. Oh, and they're like, kind of like puppets. But good news is there's freedom for both. <laughs> if there was freedom for me, there's definitely freedom for them. <laughs> Because I fell in both categories. <laughs> I would actually, you know, it was a, I got a two-for-one two for deal in my life. Uh, at one point in time, I was wicked and weak. Oh. <laughs> and so Jesus wants to, he wants to set all, all people free. And so the principles that we use and the principles that, I'm gonna, that I've been talking about and that I'm going to give you a few more of today... These principles, every single one of them, are meant to be lived out in intimacy and relationship with the Father, not to get something for Him, but it's my appropriate response to love. He's never going to love you any more than He loves you right now. Right? It's the same amount He loved you before the foundation of the world when He saw you in His mind, in His heart, however you want to say it. He chose us before the foundation of the world. Like, he's not changing his mind about us, whether we do these principles or not. But he did tell me not long ago that preparation belongs to me and promises fulfilled belong to him. So I can go about and not do any of these principles and live my life and have a good life and and even enjoy blessing and, and have a great family and go on to the next destination when this life is over. And that's great. 
if that's what we choose. But we personally, at least the majority of I can speak for, that I know that you've chosen that I want everything that God has for me. I want to live out of the more. I want to increase in everything of, of, of kingdom things. I want to see the world changed around me. Like, I'm, I'm le- I, like I am literally leaving a legacy of kingdom, of kingdom life that looks like love so that sons and daughters are raised up into fathers and mothers and will do it again and again and again and again until Jesus comes back. Right? That's what we're living for. <laughs> so if you fall into the latter, then these principles will be really good for you. And I believe that all of you probably fall in the latter. I just didn't want to uh, overstep and speak for all of you. So 1 Thessalonians 5.19 in the Passion Translation says that never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. That's good. Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Again, uh, the scripture that I started with last week was 2 Timothy 1.6 in the Passion Translation. It says, I'm writing to encourage you to fan into flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. And so these scriptures, the scriptures that I shared last week, every single one of them denotes action on my part. Not Not God's job to keep the fire burning. Not God's job to fan into flame the spiritual gifts that have been imparted to me. Not God's job to keep me in intimacy. Not God's job. Right? Like he did everything at the cross that I need him to. He already poured it all out. And he gave me everything that I need in the Holy Spirit. And so then my life becomes a whole lot more about discovery than it does about getting something. And even though discovery looks like getting something because it's brand new to me. But it all happens in intimacy. It's all unlocked and all discovered and all increased in my intimate relationship with Him. And so it's not me trying hard. It's me, it's my appropriate response to allowing Him to love me. So last week I talked about practicing daily intimacy with God through prayer, word, and the worship. Not not the worship, but the word. Sorry. (laughs) Intimacy with God through prayer, word, and worship, however that works out for for you and and fits into into your and Jesus' relationship. I don't want to say fits into your schedule because I don't schedule Jesus in. Like, he's a part of everything. I know there's a, a, a saying out there where we say, I make Jesus first, and then my wife or husband and my kids, and, right? And he's the first place. What if we made him the center of everything? And then he's already first place, but he's in every aspect of my life, and I haven't compartmentalized Jesus to this place in my life where we have a relationship and then all my other stuff I just do, you know, maybe not necessarily with you, even though I know you're in me. And so we do because this Christian life was created to live in unison and oneness. Like that's my prayer, like that I would move and breathe with him every moment of every day, not just to have good ministry experiences, but so so that every single opportunity that I have to be in, in front of any single person, my wife, my kids, my friends, whoever it is, is that I am able to empower them, 
love them well, demonstrate what the Father looks like to them, right? And just, and, and just be everything that he created me to be and add value everywhere I go, right? That's, that's, that's it. Oh, and so <laughs> let me read these scriptures to you. I wasn't going to, but I think it's appropriate. This is Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verses 6 and 7 in the Passion Translation. This is really good. Fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. Hmm. This living, consuming flame will seal you as a prisoner of my love. My passion is stronger than the chains of death and the grave, all-consuming as the very flashes of fire from the burning heart of God. Place this fierce, unrelenting fire over your entire being. Sounds like baptism of the Holy Spirit to me. Rivers of pain and persecution will never extinguish this flame. Right? Endless floods will be unable to quench, the, quench this raging fire that burns within you. Remember what we were praying? Like there's no season of life, no circumstance, no situation that was created that actually is supposed to be able to put out the fire that's on the inside of me. Like it may knock me down. It may put me down for a second. It may hurt me, right? But the fire is never created to go out. It, it literally, it literally, the fire was made for persecution. The fire was made for hard situations. It was made to help us. Like fire in the natural hurts us if we touch it. It helps me when I cook on the gas stove though. <laughs> but in the supernatural, the fire actually helps me no matter what. It actually helps me even more so when I'm consumed by it. Because it's his fiery love. It comes from the burning heart of the Father. <laughs> it's made to get in. Everything will be consumed. <laughs> I don't think he's just talking. He's, I mean, he's talking about everything. Like the earth is full of the glory of the Lord as the, as the waters cover the sea. Hmm. Did you know that glory is already, already here? He's waiting for partnership to manifest it. To make it come into the natural through people like you and I. <laughs> it will stop at nothing as you yield everything to this furious fire until it won't even seem to you like a sacrifice anymore. You know, there's a place that some of you may already be in, in that we're going as the body of Christ where, where we're not talking as much about, oh, I'm making a sacrifice of time to get up and, and pray or do this stuff or cut this part out of my day or to say no to this so that I can be with Jesus. It's, there's coming a time where it's like, it's not even a sacrifice anymore, right? It's, it's actually my joy. <laughs> it's my joy. It's my joy. It's my joy to be with him, right? It's my joy to be with him. You know that alone time where we say no to stuff to be with Him, it actually helps us to be able to say yes to more things in the future because in those, in those moments of alone time, He's teaching us to live in one with Him, in unison, effortlessly. You know the Christian life was never created to be hard. Like, this Christian life just so hard. What, is it hard for you to sin? 
I'm like, it wasn't hard for me to sin. Like, I had, it was effortless. Like, uh, like I, was, I was relatively creative at effortlessly sinning. Right? And so, <laughs> so, right, because I was born into sin. And so then it was my nature. But because I've been born again of incorruptible seed by divine nature, now I'm created to effortlessly live in righteousness, holiness, and in love. Whew. Holiness is not, a, is not a dirty word. Like if somebody hurts you with, you, get, you, you do this to be holy and gave you a list of things, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you were holy the moment you, you said yes to Jesus. <laughs> you already, why he says, be holy for I am holy. You're already holy. The Holy Spirit's in you and on you. I'm like, his first name's holy. <laughs> and if we're one, then that probably ought to make me that ought to make me holy. <laughs> it just gets thrown around flippantly like, oh, you're acting holier than thou, right? Which I know that when I was religious, I had. <laughs> you act like, what people are saying is you're acting like you're better than somebody else, right? But actually, this type of holiness comes from a place of resting in his love and realizing who I am. It's part of my nature. It's not a part of, it's not a list of do's and don'ts. It, it will cause me not to do things, though, that I used to. But it's because I don't want to. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so much for not getting excited. But no. <laughs> so here's, here we're going to go to number two. It's been two weeks. I've made it to two of them. I've only got 11. I've got a series for the rest of the year. I don't have to do I don't have to prepare for any more messages. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, this is this is practical. This is practical. This is practical. This is practical. <laughs> this is practical. This is I blame you guys. I don't know why, but I'm going to anyway. It's all the presents you carry. Whew. Chapter 2. <laughs> you remember when Justin Allen was here and he's just cracking up and he's like, he's like, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> this is the guy that travels the world with, you know, travel for itinerary ministry for Global Awakening for a long time, you know. And I'm like, I don't know, oh, what are we doing in here? <laughs> what am I doing here? Where am I? <laughs> We're just releasing truth. Truth feels good. That's how you can tell. When, you know how I know the, the truth that comes from the God of all, tr God of all hope? <laughs> to God of all truth. He's the God of all truth, too. Truth and hope. Love, we can just keep on going. You know how I know that truth com that's coming from God? Because it gives me hope feels good it releases life the disciples said when when he had just Jesus had just told a bunch of people to eat his flesh and drink his blood right he didn't mean it literally like he hadn't started the cannibal church 
But he, had, he, he was saying it figuratively in a parable. But, you know, you and I would have been there. We just said the, whole, the same thing. A bunch of people were like, I'm cutting out Jesus. I can't get down with this. You know? I can't do it. And he said to the disciples, he said, are you leaving too? And they said, no, you've, where else would we go? They said, you have the words of life. What they were saying was, is you, when you speak, we come alive. When truth is released that comes from the Father, it actually causes me to come alive on the inside. It's like, bam, it's empowerment immediately. And like, yes, that's truth. It empowers me into more of who I am and causes me to go deeper in love with Him. Right? Truth always pulls me into the arms of the Father. Yeah, it always pulls me in. If somebody shares revelation with me that scares me, or causes me to respond in fear, I question whether or not it came from the God of all hope, the God who is love, where fear doesn't even exist. Right? You think about that next time somebody's talking to you about deliverance stuff and demons. And... Anybody? Any takers? You know what I'm talking about? The theology scares me. I'm like, ah, I don't think so. <laughs> so this is another one of the things that I do, adding to worship, word, and prayer, which to me, they're all actually one big sandwich of goodness. Making daily declarations. Romans 12, 2, going with, and do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You and I were created to be a demonstration of the perfect will of the Father. How's that happen? How do I not begin to allow the world's culture to become my culture, or get the world's culture out of me that may still be in my thinking? I transform my mind through truth. And one of the main ways that I have learned to personally do that, it's not the only way, right? It comes from making declarations that come from truth of the Word of God that fit my current situation and things that I need to believe. And I take those declarations, I say them out loud daily. I have a list now of 115 declarations and or so. And I'm adding to the list, and there's been one that I took away recently. I'm like, I don't need to make that anymore. That's been the only one that I've taken away. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not an indicator of where I'm at. It's just an indicator I'm like, yeah, I probably need the rest of these still. And so I make these declarations, and throughout that list at different times, <sighs> behold, I stand at the door and knock. <laughs> at different times, I meditate on a, a declaration will stand out to me. Have you ever been reading the Bible and a scripture just pop out? Like it's, it's like, it's almost like it levitates off the page. It's like, you're like, wow, that scripture came alive to me out of that whole passage. I need to hang out here. There's something on that for me. Well, declarations do that too. As we're making them on any given day, there'll be a declaration that stands out to me, right? I've been making this one recently out of Romans 8 two. It's germs, sickness, and disease die when they get near me because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Right? 
And so I'll hang out there and I'll, I'll think about that. I'll think of, and, and where will that take me? It'll take me to different scriptures. The law of the spirit of life will take me to John 10, 10. God, Jesus came to give us life and give it more abundantly, right? It'll take me to Galatians 3, 13 that says Jesus actually became a curse for me. So he actually destroyed the curse because cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And he had the crown of thorns on his head that represented, even though it was punishment from them, but to us, it was prophetic. And he became a curse for us. And so the curse was destroyed through Jesus for all those that will say yes to him. I no longer live under the law of sin and death. I live under the new law that operates within the law of love, which is the law of spirit of life, which actually says that <laughs> I, I, I know this will, sound, this will sound strange to some of you because, you, because maybe it won't. I, I actually am not created to live outside or I have to live inside the law of, of abundant life. That's the kind of have to that I'll take. <laughs> it's like the law of love. You're like, oh, I thought he didn't have any more law. Well, he came with those two, love God with all you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. We call that the law of love. And when we're born again believers, we don't want to operate outside that law anyway. So now as I, I make declarations and I meditate on Romans 8, 2 that takes me to these other scriptures, I realize that the law of spirit of life is something that I was created to live within, that I was created to be holistic, that I was created to be completely whole spirit, soul, and body, right? That divine health is available for me. I may not be experiencing it right now, but I will not allow my experience to trump what the word of God says. And so I know that divine health is for, for us, for me, for us. And declarations are helping transform my mind more and more on a daily basis. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will do what? They will eat the fruit of, thereof. What's the fruit of what I'm, of declarations? The fruit is a transformed mind. What happens when I think different? I act different. Right? And so the fruit actually begins to increase in my life the more and more that I make declarations. They're not just name it and claim it, blab it and grab it stuff. Right? Just because people abuse that word of faith theology doesn't mean that it was bad. Because even Kenneth Hagin Sr. didn't have the intentions that people ran with that theology and turned it into a prosperity thing that it wasn't supposed to be. And he said that at the end of his life. And even some of the prosperity preachers have repented over the last couple years. And they said, we, we abused this. We did it wrong. We're sorry. I'm like, I can get with that, Right? So it didn't make the theology bad. And so I've taken from that theology because my first spiritual parents ever actually taught me that. Mom and dad taught me about making declarations. So I've been making declarations for 14 years since I became born again. And every morning, and I can tell you that they are one of the major keys to my development and my transformation because they continue to transform my mind so that my mind and the mind of Christ become one, and I live out of the mind of Christ effortlessly. I honestly don't believe that we get rid of our mind when we, we take on the mind of Christ. It's like I didn't get rid, he didn't get rid of my personality and my sense of humor and my characteristics, right? He's actually molding me and shaping me and, and uh, 
showing me what oneness looks like out of the individuality that he created me to live from. Isn't that beautiful? It's what we were made for. And so I don't have time. I don't have time for more. I do feel like I fed you a little bit, maybe not a, a fire hose, but maybe, if it, maybe one that was turned half on. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, know, I know you can say a lot in a little, but in a little bit of time. And so we'll just, you know what, I think that's good. I do. I think that's good. So practically, it's, it's remember I'm adding to daily Worship, word, and prayer. And making daily declarations out of the truth that God's speaking. What's truth right now? You know how I find out? Before we pray, let me give you something practical that I personally do. How I find out I need to make a declaration in my life, in that area of my life, is that I don't have much hope in that area. Or I don't have a lot of hope in that area. Right? Right? Let's just take, I've been doing healing meetings all weekend, so we'll just use healing. <laughs> we saw some crazy, we saw some crazy, crazy healing miracles this weekend too. Isabella saw her first ever bone grow out. She prayed for a guy at church on Friday night where I was at in Newcastle. And she, I, I, I had her come up and, and man, she made it look like it's supposed to, easy. Right? Guy's bone grew out three quarters of an inch. Doctor certified his bone was shorter than the other one. His bone had to grow out for his leg to, for his leg to be the same length. Yeah, and he had chronic pain for years and years and years. And his pain left, and we didn't even pay for, pray for his pain to leave. Right? The only thing that I participated in was that I was smart enough to have her come pray, and I held his legs. <laughs> that's, what's happening to the, that's what's happening to the youth of, of our world that they've caught fire for Jesus, right? What, she's 19, right? Come on. So before that was a reality in my life, I began to make declarations because I didn't have a lot of hope for healing. So I began to make declarations that come from the Word of God, Isaiah 53, uh, 53 um, out of Isaiah 53, uh, out of 1 Peter 2.24, out of Scriptures that say that Jesus paid for it. And I began to declare those things and declare those things and declare those things over the year, over the years until my mind was so transformed that you couldn't convince me otherwise that God wants to heal every time. You couldn't, you couldn't do it. It's just not possible. And it's because he showed me, look, this is what your mind is supposed to think like. And now when I walk into a situation where somebody needs a miracle, like that guy's leg that needed to grow out, I was convinced it was going to happen. I'm like, yeah, this is going down. I had a lot of hope. I was excited. You know how you have hope? How you know you have hope? Well, I know it's a feeling, but there's excitement that comes with it. You're like, yes, this is going to happen. Yep, and so I make declarations, continue to do that, to transform my mind into where I think, had the Renewed Believers class not real long ago, we were created not just to believe in Jesus, but to believe like him. And so we're more and more growing up to believe like Jesus, regardless of where you're at today, regardless of where your hope level is in certain areas, if you'll, you'll get with Holy Spirit in that quiet time or whatever that looks like for you and your guys' relationship, 
and say, hey, what do I need to make declarations out of in this season of my life? Who do I need to make declarations for in my family or my friends? Or what, what do I need to declare over in this season of my life so that I can have hope like you do? Because he's the God of all hope. I'm guessing he's got a lot of hope that he can give us. But my mind becomes the neural pathways or the roadway by which that, that truth flows, which ignites hope on the inside of me. So if you would stand with me and pray into this. My gosh, I wish we had about three more hours. I just want to see some of your faces. <laughs> Paul did preach all night. That one kid fell out the window, though, and he fell asleep, didn't he, and died. He raised him from the dead. <laughs> I've had a few people fall asleep when I was, I was preaching over the years. It's not a good feeling. <laughs> it was early on, and I, I can't, now looking back, I can't blame them. <laughs> Be glad you weren't there to listen to some of those messages 10 years ago. <laughs> So, Father, I thank you so much for what you're doing in this family. I thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing all over the world, uh, that we are part of the generation uh, that's standing on the beach, on the, the surfboard, and we're not just waiting for the wave to come, but we're actually actively participating in the wave that is currently here. And while we're doing that, we are preparing ourselves for the more. We are preparing ourselves for the more. And so thank you, Holy Spirit, for even coming in this moment and, and whispering things to us that we need to make declarations out of. Yeah, declarations that are going to transform our minds so where we think like you, we see like you, we look like you in every aspect of our lives. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for a room full of powerful sons and daughters who were in love with their, their good, good father. Yeah, thanks for the fiery love that comes from your heart that is consuming us. So much so that even some of those things that we've called sacrifices before are no longer going to, to be a sacrifice to us. It's just our appropriate response to love. <laughs> how can I brag about sacrifice when mine compares none to the one that you made for me <laughs> thanks for a people that are getting that we are getting what it looks like to be loved to the world around us regardless of people's current situations or lifestyles and I thank you that as we go out this week that grace is going to empower us in greater ways to demonstrate kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Kingdom life in our families. Thanks for the grace to love each one of our family members the way that you love them. Thanks for the grace to love our friends and our co-workers and the people of our cities and our region the way that you love them. Yeah, thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. Prayer team, we got, we got a prayer team ready. We got men and women that will be up here that want to serve you, want to pray for 
anything that you need. Anything that you need. So thank you, Father, for what you're getting ready to to do with this altar time, too. Thanks for what you're doing and the kids in there. My gosh. Yeah. They're world changers, and it shows. Uh, So you guys need prayer. Come on up. Yeah, we love you guys. Thanks. If God's doing something in you, don't, you don't have to go. Like, we'll be here. But if you got to get somewhere, we understand. We want to release you. Enjoy this beautiful day. Thanks for, thanks for being here with us. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.